Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us on episode 49 of Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today we are in part four of our series on Body Talk, learning how to hear and understand your body. In part one, in podcast 46, we discussed what the eyes tell us is going on inside our body. In part two, in podcast 47, we discussed the hair, tongue, and lips. Last week, in podcast 48, we discussed the nails, cravings, and other symptoms. This week, we're discussing many different signs and signals that your body may be giving you, from shoulder pain to skin issues to nausea, bloating, and gas. Your body is constantly telling you things. Can you hear it? Welcome, everyone, to Health Talk with Dr. Kell. I'm Nikki Sterner, and today is podcast 49 on Body Talk, Learn How to Hear and Understand Your Body, Part 4. I'd like to welcome Dr. Kell to the show, the professor. Hi, Dr. Kell. Hi, Nikki. I am ready to learn. I've got my notebook out and my pen in hand. But before we get started, let's do the quote of the day. Sounds good. Okay. Pick battles big enough to matter, small enough to win, by Jonathan Kozel. What do you think about that, Dr. Kell? Not always easy to do, is it? To no. decide. Right. Right. They, uh, and read that one more time. Pick battles big enough to matter, small enough to win. Hmm. Yes, do we often <clears throat> take on things that maybe are beyond our capability? Because we, yeah. we're taught to believe we can accomplish anything if, we're, if we just decide on what it is we want and just never give up. I think everybody has to figure out that that's not always true. If you're blind, you can't accomplish anything that uh, you actually need eyesight to accomplish unless you can figure out a way that... Without your eyesight, you can actually do it, even though everyone else thinks you can't do it without your eyesight. But that is the uh, real question there. And the most difficult part of that quote, I think, is really figuring out uh, what matters. Yeah. And, and what kind of effort you have to go through to accomplish it. How much does it matter? Right. What does it matter to you? Does your health matter to you? That's what we're talking right. about. Does it really matter to you? It, oftentimes, people don't realize how important it is until they don't have it. Yeah. That's true. So they rush yes. through life uh, doing all kinds of things, ignoring what they eat, and then all of a sudden they're given a diagnosis of cancer or some autoimmune disease or heart disease or one of their organs is failing. And they go, what? I, I felt fine up until yesterday. Or uh, if you're a person, which we're trying to help everybody become, the kind of person that can recognize what's going on. First of all, let's just not be stupid. If you're eating huge amounts of carbs and not much protein, not much good fat or protein, not eating good vegetables or things that, that can supply your body with the nutrients it needs, it's a no-brainer. Eventually, I, I saw this most ridiculous thing on, on the internet the other day, and I, I can't help but think it was a lie. It said, said this woman was completely healthy and happy and everything's good, and she was, I believe it looked like she was in her 30s and said she'd been living off chicken nuggets from McDonald's for years. <laughs> and the, the article tried to portray that that was her entire diet, uh, which was absolutely ridiculous. But the yeah. point being, if you lived on that stuff that long, you'd be 
you'd have all kinds of things happening now. Could you survive on it? <clears throat> the body is extremely resilient, and I wouldn't say no, but I guarantee eventually you'll develop some very serious health problems if that is the extent of your diet. Was she thin? I didn't really get into the article or even the, yeah. the picture of the woman. She looked normal. You know, didn't look heavy, didn't look thin, just kind of average. So yeah. I, I think it was a ridiculous article put out there by McDonald's or somebody <laughs> supporting mm-hmm. McDonald's. It yeah. just was ridiculous. <laughs> I was just wondering if she maybe doesn't didn't eat very much because I, I know sometimes your body can function better if you don't overeat, right? Yes, there's many parts or aspects to uh, health and why your body functions or dysfunctions. Uh, overeating can definitely be an issue that can cause problems in the long run, right? Yeah, but you're uh, saying she would be like malnourished if all she's getting yes, is junk. Yes, I'm more looking at the nourishment aspect. Okay. Uh, she's not going to well. get, get all the minerals she needs. She's not going to get all the vitamins or needs functions to function eventually if you don't give the body what it needs it's going to begin to break down but it's very resilient it's it's amazing especially when you're young it's when you have a long-term life of eating very poorly that eventually things start breaking down and dysfunctioning yeah right daily habits yeah why don't i go over this list get into what we're talking about today again we're not going to do an article today we're just going to continue talking about body talk and what your body is telling you about your health. So okay. we need to understand people can tell. Your body is telling you all kinds of things. I mentioned this before. You're only really aware consciously of about 35% of anything going on in your body. Well, you can increase that significantly. If you're willing to just examine yourself from time to time and really consider what's going on. We're, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, signals your body's giving you that you've got an underlining health issue with given organs in your body. Uh, One of the things I wanted to mention here, the five common underlying real causes of disease. Okay? Okay. Uh, Eating the worst foods or not eating the right foods. That's one of them. Emotional stress. Uh, Someone who's living under in an environment where they're always stressed out, their job is just very stressful, you know, they just always feel stress. There's another consideration there. You can give five people the same job, and each one will react differently to it. One person might be able to handle it and deal with it, uh, have it be very hectic, have to make several decisions throughout the day, every day, have lots of fires to put out. They deal with it without much of a problem. They're not constantly in that stress mode or concern and worry mode. They're able to just work through it and deal with it and cope with it and move on, and and they're not stressed. Well, that, that kind of a person is got to be a much healthier person than someone who's constantly stressed out about all that they're doing, even in the same type of job. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, body stress. Stress on your body is another factor that leads to disease. Lack of sleep is a big one. If you're not getting enough sleep, your body's not rebooting. And rebooting, I mean, that's when all those nutrients that you've eaten during the day is going through your system. All the cells are being... Uh, getting rid of their waste, they're get, they're bringing in nutrients. Uh, your brain is resetting with all of its neurotransmitters and everything else going on there. Your body just goes into reset mode and heal mode. 
So you heal and you reset when you sleep. If you're not sleeping well, that's not taking place and your cells are suffering because of it. Your cells in your organs, the cells in your skin, all the cells, the muscles, everything. They need that time to go through and reset and, and uh, revive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Environmental. So what we get exposed to in the environment is a big one. And most of us don't realize we're getting exposed to all kinds of toxins all day long and your body's constantly in a state of detoxification. So therefore, as your body gets exposed to these environmental toxins, we've talked about this with you where you were exposed to things like mold and those kinds of things can be a significant factor in your overall health and and the cause of disease. Make sense? Yeah, big time. Okay, the last one, lack of exercise. Mark Berg only gives four. I added the fifth. Lack of exercise. Uh, Sedentary people are more likely to become sick and ill than people who move, partially due to uh, the fact that uh, your nervous system as well as your lymphatic system function best when you move and everything's moving because they the blood is pumped by your heart but the other systems they work off motion and though there is still some flow going on even when you're sitting doing nothing the more you move the more that those systems function better dr kel can you i wrote down six things can you list off the five things that lead to oh. dis? well hey maybe we have a sixth <laughs> uh, very good um I might not <laughs> or let's see i've got uh, eating the wrong foods or not eating okay. the right foods. I suppose you could break that down into two, actually. What are the wrong foods? What are the right foods? So eating the wrong foods can make you ill. Mm-hmm. Not eating the right foods. I guess they're saying the same thing, aren't they? Eating the wrong foods means you're not eating the right foods. You're really not. Uh, although I suppose you could. Uh, you can eat both. You can eat both throughout the day. Yes, you can. Okay. Yeah. Body stress was the second one. Or emotional oh, okay. stress. I wrote emotional stress and body stress as two and three, but oh. they're actually the same thing. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean, I guess we want to say body stress added into that, which would might relate down into exercise, uh, but injuries. Injuries can definitely pay, play a part in uh, chronic illness. Yeah. Don't know if our listeners are aware that if you fracture a bone in your body, say at a younger age, or older either one, but if you get it at a younger age, it's typically more problematic because pretty well certain that eventually arthritis will begin to develop in the joint closest to where the fracture was. So if you got a fracture near your elbow, likely as you age, you'll start to develop arthritis in that joint. It is very common throughout the body. So osteoarthritis, which is probably the most common form of arthritis and is connected to age, what the medical community says you get osteoarthritis as they get old. It's just a common occurrence. Well, Mm. arthritis is an inflammatory process. Something is causing that inflammation. Inflammation is part of the immune system. If you want to look at it scientifically or from a, a physical perspective, why would a fracture in a given area cause arthritis in the joint nearest to it later in life? Why would that happen? Why? Why would that happen? Well, one, one thing, the fracture disrupts the circulation. Uh, you may have altered flow, nerve flow, lymphatic flow, blood flow. Through that area, it may never be quite the same. The other thing is you get pretty uncommon to have a fracture 
of a bone and not have damage to the ligaments, tendons, and muscle around that fracture. When those get damaged and you have scarring, scarring causes shortening of the tissue, uh, tightening of the tissue, and often get chronic inflammation in that area that can last for years, which again is all connected to that. So that's one of the reasons we do the therapies we do. We call it adhesion release therapy, yeah. similar to the terms myofascial uh, release therapy and or a trademark phrase out there that is essentially discussing the similar uh, benefit called active release therapy made famous by a Dr. Leahy. Works on athletes and a lot and has been in the news, but basically he took the the therapy that was already out there under the name of myofascial release therapy, put his name on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oftentimes things are done. It's kind of like Atkins taking the... Uh, Oh, the diabetic diet, which was a, which was a high protein diet, and uh, oh. putting his own name on it. Oh, and, funny. Yeah, I mean that those diets have been around for a long, long time. But again, you know, people just do these kinds of things. So it's about breaking up the scar tissue and getting around that area, getting the circulation, the function, everything back to normal. You get all that broken up or at least loosened up. You can't completely get rid of it once, you know, it's not like you can't really get completely rid of a scar on your skin. And same thing happening underneath. You never get fully rid of it, but you mm. can improve the flexibility of it and help make that hard tissue more flexible and more functional. That, in my personal opinion, by doing that therapy, especially after a fracture or a severe injury to your body, getting those kinds of therapies during the first month or two afterward as everything repairs keeps those adhesions from forming in such a severe way but if you've never had that therapy after an injury and years have gone by and you've got a lot of pain in your or tightness ankles knees hips joints uh, this kind of therapy can actually loosen things up and then that pressure goes away in the joint and your pain goes away so i yeah, think I, it'll also okay. reduce the osteoarthritis that tends to form when you do those therapies oh yeah I was just going to say, it really helped me when you did that therapy on me. Yeah. Yeah, because I was having shoulder tightness. I, I couldn't sleep on my shoulder, on my side, and it helped a lot. Very good. I'm glad it did. It does yeah. work. So thanks for sharing that. Things I wanted to talk about today. Signs. How can you tell what might you feel inside your body that would signal back to a given organ problem? or other issue that seems important. For instance, stomach. This is something, I'm taking this information actually from Standard Process. Many docs that have used Standard Process for years have, have uh, passed information back on, findings, lots of research has been done over the years, has correlated all these things, kind of like us saying, okay, what nerves go from the brain to different organs in the body, and as they travel through the spine, you can get dysfunction of the joints and the muscles around the spine that are connected to that nerve and if that pressure is on that nerve it can affect the function of the end organ in the body. So we need to work that out, get that inflammation to disappear, the muscles to function better, the lymphatics, the nervous system, everything, the blood flow, get it all back like we do through adjustments and, and soft tissue work like the adhesion therapy on the spine and then you get improved function of the end organ. So all these things are interconnected. 
But mm. let's, let's look at the uh, stomach. If I'm having a stomach issue, and you can have a stomach issue, consider it. Okay, let's just look for a second. If, what is normal? What is normal? So if I sit down and eat some food and don't overeat, but it just goes in, I taste it, eat it up, it's good. I, I ate lunch and I'm done. I'm satisfied. I don't feel full. I get up and I go back to work and everything's good, right? That mm-hmm. would be normal. normal. Yeah. Most of the population can do that. I don't know what the numbers are. But do you do that, Nikki, typically? I mean, I'm on supplements now that really help. If I wasn't on those, um, I would have more bloating and gas and that sort of thing. What do you take? I take like AF beta food and some Zypan, lactic acid yeast. I take stuff like that to help with. Okay. And those are all standard process supplements. And you, they're really helpful it, it makes me want to say and you can get them here they uh, yeah. but and you can holistichealth.standardprocess.com however once again nikki is taking those three supplements has found those three supplements to be very helpful with her digestive process and helping her so when she eats she doesn't feel discomfort and everything moves through well and gets digested well and those supplements help with that process but there are many different supplements that can help with that process, and some need, of those three mentioned, there's probably another half dozen or more that we tend to provide to our patients, but we evaluate it and then look through it and figure out, okay, which one do you really need? But l- let me ask you a question here. Let's just see if there's any correlation with what you had, maybe at the time you came in and were given those supplements and found them to be helpful. Your original symptoms, maybe you can't remember now, but here are some correlative symptoms that a person might feel other than stomach upset. You know, we all have the commons. Bloating, gas, pain, uh, reflux. Those are some common ones. Someone would be having a stomach problem. They eat and they just feel really full when they haven't eaten yeah. very much. Things like that. You put too much in there. It forces the stomach to stretch and it activates the pressure fibers. Uh, pressure nerve fibers so you feel bloating there you, you most people can tell the difference between i've eaten too much and oh wow i didn't eat that much but i feel like i ate too much yeah and so you should be able to tell the difference if you really did eat too much then okay that's not something to be too too concerned about however if you have a habit of overeating you s- soon will develop some of these stomach issues i guarantee you yeah well, let's see some body correlation that i might feel or sense Issues from 7 to 9 a.m. in the morning. For instance, you sleep all night, you, you just tend to wake up at that time, or, or you may feel discomfort of some kind between 7 and 9 in the morning. Uh, or, you know, you eat breakfast then and you feel the that's when it bothers you, just in the morning? Or is it every time you eat? Mm-hmm. Things in your body, you might feel pain. You, you might have some chronic neck pain. That can be mm-hmm. tied to stomach issues. Uh but there are other things that could be tended to that. But pain around the clavicle. Do you know where your clavicle is, Nikki? It's up by your shoulder, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's actually part of your shoulder joint. Connects to your sternum on one end and out on the acromion process uh, on the other end of your scapula, out on the tip of your shoulder. The clavicle itself can be tender. You know, if you push along the top or bottom lines, along the, the connections of the muscle there, it's real tender there. I'm not feeling mm-hmm. any tenderness. 
of significance on mine. Uh, but some people might if they're connected to the stomach problem or shoulder pain, just general shoulder pain. You get pain in the, you know, if I palpate along the, the front uh, chest muscles there under the clavicle, is that real tender there? Or is it real tender in the back, along the back of the scapula? Or out on the shoulder, do you have some real tender? Could be on either shoulder too, not just your right or left. Hmm. So elbow pain and wrist pain can be connected to stomach problems. So if someone comes into me and says, I got carpal tunnel, they told me I got carpal tunnel pain in the wrist. When I look at that wrist and treat it, oftentimes it's related to myofascial adhesions in the forearm that can take care of it. But I'm also gonna consider, and I always ask, how's your digestion? How's your eating habits? Do you have any problems ever with you know standard symptoms of, of stomach issues? And most of the time, oddly enough, they got that going on too. So, yes, mm. could the problem be all, you know, related to the circulation through their forearm and the tight myofascial adhesions there? Yes. But uh, there can also, if I look at the forearm and don't find much there as far as a problem, but they still have pain there, uh, it can be, you know, then I go on to consider, okay, ask the nutritional issues as well. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do find when I ha I'm having digestion issues that um, I get more aches and pains throughout my yes. body. Mm -hmm. Okay, let, yeah. let's give you some signs and symptoms of gallbladder issues. Of course, pain under the ribs. Right there, if you go to your sternum, right in the middle, that bottom of your bone right there in the middle of your, of your chest, and follow it down two, three inches and dig in there, is it tender in there? If you push in there, it's a little bit tender. shouldn't be tender. If it is, a sign of a gallbladder inflammation. Uh, you can follow it down a few more inches farther and you start pushing in there. you got pain along there. You could be having some liver inflammation. Hmm. Okay? Uh, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, uh, oftentimes gallbladder issues going on, they can be connected to headaches connected to feelings of nausea, uh, a lot of belching, and we mentioned the whole right shoulder. Actually, on the stomach, it could be either shoulder, but on the gallbladder, it's the right shoulder. So if you're feeling pain in the scapula or out on the shoulder itself or or in your uh, right next to your neck there, that area between the, where the uh, trapezius is located, a lot of tenderness in there. If you're poking around, that can be connected to gallbladder. Hmm. And as I'm... Uh, pushing on all this stuff and checking this out. I'm like, hmm, my gallbladder a little bit, having a little bit of an issue? Maybe mm. so. Okay, pancreas. Oh, that, by the way, gallbladder, uh, if you look at the uh, correlating time scales related to acupuncture, when they say you often will have cycles where you're mo more noticed the, the problem, that's between 11 and 1 a.m. 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. So people mm. who maybe go to sleep, how is your sleep cycle? Have any problem getting to sleep? No, have no problem to get in, getting to sleep, but I always wake up an hour or two or three later and I can't get back to sleep. If that occurs between 11 and 1 a.m., that kind of a thing, that can be related to uh, your gallbladder maybe having issues. Make mm -hmm. sense? Okay, pan yeah. pancreas. The pancreas is located there next to your stomach. If you push to the uh, left side there, if you follow down from your sternum, right below your sternum sits your stomach. Well, off to the to the side there is your your pancreas, and your pancreas you know releases 
things like insulin into your bloodstream uh, when you have a uh, carbohydrates in your system. It will also produce insulin when you have, uh, for instance, one of the things that uh, happens with meat, and this is where I'm kind of like gone along here and learned more and more. I tend to uh, you know, see protein and meat uh, as an essential thing your body needs, but to try to just live on it uh, is not always that healthy. So, and especially certain types of meat do certain things. And insulin, the pancreas, and insulin are one of those. If you eat over six ounces of protein in any one sitting, your body then kicks into the insulin. And when the insulin gets kicked in, uh, it increases the levels of cortisol in your system. If you're not burning all the calories you're taking in, guess what? What? The body can either take those extra calories and turn them into glycogen, which is part of your energy processes. So we store glycogen in the liver, we store glycogen in the muscles. Utilize it for the first um, energy, its first energy needs. It typically goes to the glycogen. Okay. If, once you've used up what's in your bloodstream, goes to the glycogen, and then uh, once your glycogen stores have fallen to a certain level, then it starts taking your fat and using fat for energy. So you can clear that out within, within two or three days of just eating a low-carb, high-protein or high-fat diet. The uh, glycogen stores are gone, so then you start burning fat, and that's why you lose weight when you're on these low-carb diets. The problem is, is that you're typically in these diets, you're depriving yourself of good nutrients. But you can have this kind of a diet, as long as you're doing the vegetables. You cut out most of the fruit, you do the vegetables, but you have a lot more meat, you have oils uh, that add that in that fat, or you're eating high-fat things uh, like nuts, and etc. Uh, and so you put your body into a fat-burning mode, the problem with these diets is, from my perspective, is you, you may be depriving yourself of proper nutrients. You may be disrupting your gut flora significantly in the process, and you don't want to do that. You want you got to continue to maintain good gut flora. You got to continue to make to maintain uh, the proper nutrients coming into your body, so that your body will take those. That good flora will digest them properly, along with all the other uh, chemicals your body puts into your system to help digest everything as that all occurs in the digestive process. If that's functioning, it's more important that that function properly at all times. That is the most important thing from my perspective, that that system function normally at all times. If that system isn't functioning normally at all times, it doesn't matter how much good stuff you try to throw at it. You know, you're, you're depriving yourself, you're starving yourself of what you need. And so when you do these low-carb type diets, if you disrupt your stomach flo gut flora, if you uh, give up so much protein that, that the uh, digestive uh, enzymes and, and all the chemicals created from coming from the liver, coming from the stomach, uh, uh, if these things are out of balance, uh, then it definitely leads to, uh, to causing your gut flora to be out of balance and ultimately leads to a decline in health, even though you may be lighter in weight. And so... I, that's why I don't recommend those kinds of diets. And I got off topic, didn't I? But <laughs> anyway, hopefully hopefully you found that interesting. Yeah. Pancreas talked about to, the what? I was going to say it kind of leads back to balance in your diet. Yes. Since we've been talking about Dr. Berg 
in all this, I felt it important to really differentiate the way I practice uh, and the way I focus on helping people to lose weight naturally, uh, as yeah. opposed to when I eat correctly, when I'm having the vegetables, plenty of those vegetables and some good fruits and, and just sticking to the fish uh, and drinking mm-hmm. lots of water, everything functions well. And I lose weight with very little effort. It, it mm-hmm. just comes off. Uh, one, my carbohydrate load is lower, but my system is also functioning normally. It's working at optimum. And so when you have it working at optimum, then everything else works better. And you do lose the weight. You're, where you're grabbing the energy, where you're taking the energy from, your body no longer has the high cortisol levels, which causes the storing of the fat, though it happens in these low-carb and low and I'm sorry, low carb, high fat, high protein diet. That, that system is that that is happening for a while, and that's why the weight's coming off. You damage your gut flora that way. Uh, excessive amounts of proteins and fats really can alter the gut flora in your system because you need those other things in there with it that are that are the natural good forms of carbohydrates. The good vegetables. Yeah. You know, you eat a potato, uh, an organic potato that has good carbohydrates in it. And many vegetables too. Need to get off topic there. Small intestine. What might you feel if your small intestine was having issue? That you know you're going to feel bloating and gas down in your lower right quadrant. Uh, you can push around in there, feel some tenderness. You have an ileocecal valve which connects the large and small intestine together on your right side. That can be a source of pain. A lot of people when they get right lower quadrant pain or even upper quadrant pain in their abdomen can be an appendix, an inflamed appendix. Mm-hmm. can be a, a valve that's inflamed and the elliptical valve and it's not opening and closing properly. It can, it can almost like partially stay in the state of spasm so it doesn't allow the fluids to move through from the small to the large intestine properly. And so it backs up into the small intestine. You see this, these kinds of things also in very common in people who drink a lot of alcohol. Especially you notice it more, I think, in men, but you see it in women, and that's the round, pregnant-looking belly that sticks mm-hmm. out where they don't look fat. Or if you take their shirt off, there's no fat there. It's it's hard. It's firm. might be a little outer-lying fat on it, but you can tell the difference that that the pressure and the, and the roundness and everything is coming from the inside, not hanging on the outside. You've seen those people, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. and that, that's, a li- that's usually brought on by liver dysfunction and uh, backing up of fluids into the, in and around the intestines in the abdominal cavity. And so basically all that fluid and pressure is pushing out on the, uh, underneath the muscles, pushing outward, whereas the fat sits on the outside of the muscles. One-sided pelvic pain. Again, we're talking lower quadrant, just some pain there. Bilateral shoulder pain. So we go back to the shoulders. Pains can be connected to the stomach, gallbladder, pancreas, and small intestine. Though the gallbladder just tends to be focused on the right shoulder. Okay, find this interesting, Nikki? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. uh, We're going to wrap this up here pretty quick. Let's just say large intestine, but it's more low back pain and often one-sided or or anterior pelvic pain. But large intestine, you would most find, large intestine you'll find, it almost sometimes can feel like it's coming from your gut. But typically, if you palpate along the left side of your abdomen from the top, go in maybe a couple inches from from the out left side inward, and just palpate and push down, you're going to follow 
along the large intestine there. Do you find any tenderness in there anywhere? Yeah. Yeah? That could mm -hmm. mean there's a little inflammation in your large intestine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it can correlate with knee pain, anterior pelvic pain, like in those areas I'm having you push on. You actually feel pain there without pushing. And, oh. and one-sided little back pain can be connected. Large intestine issue. Mm. Yeah, uh, I like when I get constipated, I definitely have more low back pain. I didn't know the knee pain. That's interesting because sometimes my knee does flare up a little bit because mm. um, I've surgery on it before. Yeah, um, and you're more sensitive to in, in the joints that way after surgeries or, or injuries. Yeah. Let's see, just to wrap it up here, I'm just going to give some of the other organs quickly. Lungs can be shoulders in the shoulders again. So typically if we're doing an exam and there's overlap in, in these systems in certain areas of the body, it helps narrow because I can at least say, okay, what are the things going on in the body that could be connected to shoulder pain? Now, if they've had a recent injury, I'm going to go there first, of course. If somebody comes into me and they have, I have a shoulder problem. How long ago did it happen? No, I don't remember ever hurting myself. Or it happened 20 years ago. Uh, I'm going to look at it differently than I would if someone walked in and said, yeah, I'm playing this sport and I hurt my shoulder. So diagnosing that from the other two possibilities, that has been a chronic problem from an injury many years ago or came on and I haven't had any problems, then I'm going to look through the things we've just talked about. Something to do with yeah. the organ systems and oftentimes that's where it's happening. Sometimes it's related to emotional issues. Emotional issues can cause pain in your shoulders and but it can cause a little back pain and basically pain in anywhere in your body. Certain areas of your body are related to certain organs and that's what we're going through now. So heart, uh, around the scapula, shoulders as well. Uh, liver can be the shoulders as well, or pain, like where I was saying, right along that lower right quadrant, right under the ribs there. If you have stabbing pain up in that area, that could be related to your liver or your small intestine. Spleen can be shoulders, can be mid-back pain uh, between the fifth and thoracic vertebrae, which is kind of the middle, middle of your back, down to the upper lower part of your back, if that makes sense. Uh, kidneys. Mm -hmm. Psoriasis actually can be related to a kidney problem. If you're suffering from some kind of skin issue, kidneys is often the first place they go and look at with uh, with a relationship to what's going on in your body. Skin issues can also be you know, related to the liver. It's kind of the skin issues back to the microbiome in your gut. Oftentimes people who have skin issues, when you put them through cleanses, when you help clear things out, put them on the right supplements, often find their skin issues begin to resolve. And there are some aspects uh, where you get external skin injuries where taking the supplements can help improve, but one of the products we have, Facial Hydrating Serum, you've used that on your face, right? When you had actually had burned yourself, mind me telling that story, burned yourself with the uh, essential oil, tea yeah, tree oil? So I, yeah, I put tea tree oil directly on my skin, on my cheeks, and it, yeah, it kind of just like burned the skin a little bit, like the top layer. And so I've been using the facial serum from Ocean Bay Naturals, and it is so much better. That's wonderful. And yeah, so what, what is in there that's healing it? Well, we've got essential oils in there that are healing to the skin. There's clove oil in there. I think there's bergamot and lavender. There's silver in there. There mm -hmm. is... Um, 
Also hyaluronic acid, which is very yeah. moisturizing and healing to the skin. And we're working on more. We're going to come out with one soon that will have vitamin C added. Uh, we're coming out with some uh, facial cleansing masks as well as scrubs. And they'll have uh, all the most natural ingredients, but also help you. You know, when you do a facial mask or a scrub, it's all about getting the dirt out of your face and, and helping to, to get that top layer of skin exfoliated in the process and so your skin feels soft and wrinkles or they don't stand out as much and so you look younger right people want to look Very younger nice. and there's been lots of things out there already to help you with that but most of those things are synthetic and really not very good for your skin or inside of your body. So our oh, yeah. stuff is uh, organic and natural. Thanks for sharing yeah. on that point. And we'll kind of an in commercial there, I suppose. And uh, the, Yeah, there's a lot of products out there now that have the good ingredients in them. But they also have so many toxic ingredients in them and chemicals and fragrance and all the stuff that I could never use. So this is like the first product that I've been able to use. It's not a single ingredient that I'm just applying. So yeah. I, I like it a lot. Great. Yeah, I was going to have you do a commercial, Nikki, right? Yeah. A live commercial yeah. for for this so that we can post it on Amazon. Would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it works. Why okay. wouldn't I? Great. Well, we'll figure <laughs> out how to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually pay you for it this time. Oh, no. <laughs> I want everyone to know out here, Nikki volunteers her time completely to the show completely i love it the uh, she doesn't get paid maybe if you guys keep spreading the word and we get to hundreds of thousands of listeners i can give her some money we, we can show greater appreciation to her and for all she does and her contribution to the podcast uh, by the way i don't make any money on it either but yeah, um, okay. we're having a good time so anyway keep listening if you like us share us with your friends please we're spreading the good word. All right. Well, that was really, really interesting talking about all the different internal organs and how they represent signs and signals your body gives you on the outside. Just a really good summary of all the different things. I was amazed at how many times like low back pain and shoulder pain came up for all the different organs. That was really interesting, I thought. Oh, you know, there are a couple more I should mention real quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, uterus. Because that's a big one. Uh, oh, yeah. Pain in your hip. Issues with uterus can cause hip pain. Hmm. Or one side pelvic pain, but it'd be very low. In your abdomen there, very low down there. You know you know where your uterus sits. If you have pain over those areas, obviously, it's a potential problem. But it can be all the way out into your hip where you get a, kind of a hip pain all the time. You can have neck pain tied to it, elbow pain. Pain around the sacrum which is the joint, your your sacroiliac joint sits, you know, below your low back, one on mm. each side, and uh, the sacrum and the ilium connect there as a joint. And so pain in that area could be considered a potential issue with the uterus. Prostate. This will cause you pain in the ass. Oh! <laughs> it actually does. Uh, oh. you, you'll have pain if you apply pressure to the center of your right or left cheek you know which cheek i'm talking about right yeah the lower, <laughs> the lower cheek. cheek if you put yeah. if you dig in there in that area kind of in the middle center there and mm -hmm. it's painful and you're a male that could uh, mean prostate issues 
uh, if you're a woman, could be related back to uh, uterus, ovaries. Mm-hmm. Very good. And that's all. Those that's are the last it. two. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. You're done. <laughs> good job, Professor. Your class is over. <laughs> well, well, thank you for, for giving me an upgraded title, Nikki. Thank professor you. Dr. Kell. I'm honored to be a professor, but I don't think any school would take me. Anyway. Well, that is part four of Body Talk, learning how to hear and understand your body. That was a lot of information. So if you need to go back and listen to it more than once, that's totally understandable. Anything else that you wanted to include, Dr. Kell? I think we're good for today. Thanks for listening, everybody. Excellent. sure appreciate it. And if you like us, tell your friends, please. And if you have any questions on any of the topics we covered, you can email healthtalkwithdrkell at gmail.com. And that's D-R-K-E-L-L at gmail.com. If you wanted to find any of the standard process supplements, you go to holistichealth.standardprocess.com. And our sponsor is Ocean Bay Naturals. So if any of the products that we discussed today during the show you have more interest in, you can go to oceanbaynaturals.com. Great, Nikki. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Spread the word. Every Tuesday we drop our podcasts. And thanks so much for joining us. And have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double-check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and hosts Nikki Sterling.